I don't feel like I ever need to take vacation. Like normal, normal days, normal work life, you're kind of counting down, when's my next vacation? What am I going to do this weekend? Um, I haven't felt like that in six months because I get to step out of the RV and go experience the outdoors. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, starting a bike shop, or getting up off your couch to take your kids hiking for the first time, we want you to have the motivation and inspiration you need to chase that next adventure. The Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by Camp Crate, the leaders in fully planned self-guided backpacking adventures, as well as backpacking gear rental. You can check them out at campcrate.net. Happy Friday, everybody. We have an awesome episode today. You remember Travis. He hosted the show for quite a while, he and Kurt. Well, uh, the cool thing about hosting this show, it, it tends to have an effect on you. Uh, you get to talk to so many incredible people that you can't help but do something yourself. So Travis and his family six months ago decided to basically rent their house out, sell a bunch of stuff, buy an RV, and live in it full-time, commit to at least a year, and they are six months into it, and I am happy to say I think they're having a really good time, and I, I think this is a lifestyle that they're going to want to continue for a long time from now, um, especially once the kids are out of the house. So I hope you enjoy uh, their update. We heard from them back in, honestly, it was back in July when they were planning on it, and then maybe a little bit right when they left in September. Um but man, what it, it it honestly got me fired up to go do something. Uh, makes me want to sell everything I got and host this show from a tiny RV kitchen somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, I hope we can do that soon. <laughs> but we, you know, there's just so many things in life, and and having these dreams, as you'll hear from them, it sometimes it takes a decade or two, close to two decades, before you see it's a reality. Um, so don't give up if you're out there and you're, you don't feel like life is really giving you much time or money or energy to put towards adventure. Uh, gosh, we just had someone else that's going to be on the show soon who didn't start their adventure career until they were almost 60. So, you know, it, it, and they've done some incredible things since then. So it has nothing to do with, um, age a lot of times and and she admitted that you know she just couldn't have done it 20 years before so if you're feeling anxious feeling like you got to get out you know just start planning now start dreaming up ideas and making small taking small steps towards that and you never know what kind of doors are going to open and uh know that you're not alone if you feel stuck in your situation all of us many many of us out there feel the exact same way and wish we could be doing something bigger something greater but that time is a coming, and this this episode was a huge encouragement towards that. Um, few announcements. Thank you for all the new patrons. We really appreciate it. You can be a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. Uh, the link to that is actually in the show notes, so you can copy and paste that, or if your you know, app allows it, you can just click right on that, and uh, you can shine up for five bucks a month. Um, not a bad investment for constant inspiration uh in my 
personal opinion. Also, today's episode is brought to us by Peak Refuel, freeze-dried meals. Guys, you've heard me say it plenty of times before. Best meals for backpacking, for fishing out on the where you can't cook your meals. I mean, whatever you're doing, you need a quick meal. Uses very little water, but very very filling, very hearty. Go to peakrefuel.com. Use ASP20 at checkout for 20% off. Also, you can follow Jen and Travis at All The Places We'll Roll on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, especially YouTube. And that's how you can get, reach out and ask them about the lifestyle, advice, questions, whatever you need. Yeah, so here is the episode. Where are you guys today? Where we at? Where we at? Um, it starts with an H. Hurricane? Tell them, tell them where we're at. I gotta go first. Hurricane you- I- outside Zion. <laughs> Oh yeah, Hurricane. I know exactly where that is. It's an awesome little town. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh I don't really pay attention too much to the towns. I only know like we're near this thing. Uh, like last week we were somewhere outside Death Valley. Okay. But I couldn't get this right the entire week. <laughs> Alam Amagorsa no, Amagorsa Valley. Amarosa, Alam. No, Amagor, Amargor, Amargosa. Amargosa. Okay. I don't know if you ever watched. We can't pronounce anything, especially me. No. Uh, it looks. It looks a lot warmer. I don't know if it is. It Way. is. It's uh, sixty-five today. In fact, oh, I think I got some burn. Oh, shut. Oh, it is like I'm looking at it right now. It's like fourteen when I was I coming know. home. Eighteen. Her. Eighteen right now, and it's gonna get down to nah, probably twelve. You should use this one. Isn't that this one? No. Put it in your left ear. I gotta I gotta walk my wife through the whole technical. Alright. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I was talking to some uh buddies right after work and uh yeah, he's he's still talking about snow and how cold it is up there. Because I was still trying to sell my motorcycle, so I'm like, Man, you gotta get that weather straightened out. Nobody wants to buy a motorcycle this time of year. You, it would be useless <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. You know what? So I could park it in my garage. So, how has it been? This is pretty much right at about six months, right? Yeah, we're going to be tomorrow. six months tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's actually Jen's birthday tomorrow, March 5th. And oh, March 5th. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, she just turned 32. Now she's going on to 33. Oh, yeah, 32. <laughs> What's crazy, though, I was thinking. Earlier, it was a year ago tomorrow that I like burst into his office to say we should live on an RV. <laughs> you finally acquiesced. Wow, so it was your idea? <laughs> well, we had always talked about it for 17 years. So, it, I mean, we have been thinking about it forever. But last year on my birthday, I actually had a dermatologist appointment and I had not seen her for six months because she was had been out of the office. And when I went in and got the scoop of where she had gone, her and her husband and their two kids had taken a six-month sabbatical to go travel uh, Southeast Asia and Australia, Bali, like all of those places. And I said, that's so weird. On the way to this appointment, I thought, maybe now Trav and I should go live on the RV. And she's like, wait, I know you homeschool. I know he works from home. Why haven't you done it already? I don't know. So... It was March 5th last year Yeah, that we started this conversation again. We wanted to do it, like she says, 17 years. We wanted to do it 17 years ago. Jen and I took a month-long road trip. We saved up money and, and quit our jobs, and we hopped into her Toyota 4Runner and headed out um, kind of down through southwest Colorado. Sedona and Prescott yeah, and out Sedona. there, yeah. 
and then hit uh, Highway One, Pacific Coast Highway, going north. And we spent a month just traveling in the in the Forerunner, and we were kind of on our way back. I think it was like Idaho, maybe Montana, in that area. We're like, how can we figure out how to do this and make money? You know, while we're making money. And uh, from 17 years ago, from that point forward, we've kind of always, it's always been in the back of our minds. And uh, I started pushing pretty hard, what, like maybe like three years ago? Um, I think a little more, maybe years. five. Yeah, okay. Um, I started keep, I kept, kept pushing it, pushing it, but, you know, certain things kept us from being able to do it. Daughter was in dance class and performing, you know, around the country and that kind of thing. And uh, it finally just got to the point where everything came to the perfect storm where, we were able to get everybody in alignment and, and do it. So we were able to pull that trigger, which was like this moment, like, Oh, Oh crap. We're, <laughs> we decided to do it. You mean we actually yeah. have to go through with it and go through all the, the there was panic and... after we decided. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so do you, so did it really, did it take 17 years to get to that point? Or do you just, do you think you could have done it sooner? If you, if you knew how good it was now, I don't know. Uh, we, I don't know. I, you know, I've, it, it all came to the point where the right job came along, the right family dynamic came along, came along. Um, we weren't trying that long, uh, to do it. It was just always in the back of our minds. And the, I think that the idea was born that long ago, I guess we would say. And, uh, you know, I've had, I've had other jobs that kind of got close to being able to do it. And for whatever reason, I was like, well, I don't think it's quite right. Um, so it wasn't, but we didn't push real hard until real, real recently. No, yeah. It work out. I think sometimes too, on the trip he's talking about, we got engaged in Yosemite and then we came back to Colorado, got married a year later. Then we had our son a year after that and things just snowball. And now you're a family and that is the priority. And Mm. I mean, you're just trying to figure out how to parent (laughs) for like five years, at least for us, it was a big transition. So, um, it just got, it floated around, but never solidified until the pieces sort of over the last year came together. Yeah. We don't know how long those pieces will remain in place, you know? So it was kind of like, you know, let's pull the trigger now and see what happens. I mean, could find out, you know, in two months that, things change at work and I got to go do something else or, you know, who knows? I hope not. But, you know, this was the moment we were able to, to try and make a break for it. So we did it. So we're enjoying it and riding it as long as we, as long as it lasts or until we decide we want to do something different. So. So, so what's your, what's your six month review of living on the road full time with a family of four? <laughs> it's mostly positive. It's, you know, I, I think we, <laughs> complicated really i think we adjusted very quickly in in my personal opinion you you might have a little bit different opinion but i think we adjusted very quickly which i think that surprised me because you think about doing that we were we were in a 1550 square foot home and moved into a 300 square foot rv and our rv is not big by all means when it comes to things that people live in we're mostly talking with people that are living in fifth wheels a lot of times it's just two of them and they have much bigger rigs um, so we crammed ourselves into 300 square feet and honestly, I mean, except for a few changes that we would make, it has gone very smoothly and the transition has been smooth. I think the review would be, it's been awesome. It's been, um, it's 
some things have been more of a headache than we thought they would be like planning. Um, you don't, you don't kind of go into this lifestyle, even thinking about the planning that takes place. Um, you think it's going to be kind of, you know, blow at the wind and wherever we're going to go, this or that. But, you know, we're in a situation where we do have to return to Colorado every three or four months. So our first leg was a whirlwind. It was way too much moving way too quickly, trying to cover way too much ground. And we were having eight, 10 hour drive days, sometimes twice, you know, on both days of the weekend just to get where we're trying to go or, or get back from where we went. So we really slowed down on our second leg after visiting, returning back through Colorado. And it's been, it's been a lot better, a much better experience since we did that. Yeah, I would say for me, I don't want to say it's a mixed bag. It's not. I love this life and the lifestyle that it provides. And the, I mean, I just think some days, like today, it's a very much a normal day at home. People think, oh, you're living this adventurous life, but we did all of our normal things. We went to work. I homeschooled the kids. We have to walk the dogs after this, like very normal, except then last week there was a moment in which I was out on sand dunes with the dogs and the kids and F-35s buzzed us and did these really flip low. turns through the sand dunes we're standing on. And then the, there's those moments that's like, oh my God, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Uh, and then there's been moments that were scary and moments that, you know, we took some financial hits. Uh, it, the dogs, I think, were surprisingly hard. I, did, I thought they would yeah. be easier to have the dogs on here. I mean, the space that we live in is perfectly fine for our family. We're used to being around each other every day. Um, I've homeschooled the kids forever. Trav was kind of the new person coming into the life the kids and I had together. The and boss, it, the boss showed up. Things changed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, but handling the dogs on the road is was is more stressful for me because I'm the one that trains them and works with them the most. So um, adding hours of sometimes walking the dogs if we can't walk them together because it's a crowded park I might have to walk three dogs separately <laughs> and that becomes kind of stressful but uh overall I mean just there's been moments of just magic really that you're just like wow <laughs> and even the normal days like it's, it's funny everything in life is relative the normal days as we call them normal we have work we have school we got to get up in the morning and make coffee before we start working um, always but I'm out like today. It's not every day because we have cold weather, rainy weather, but I'm out working at the picnic table today and shooting, you know, images to my buddies and saying, this is this morning's office or this is this week's office. And we're looking across red sand across a lake, looking at a backdrop with red mountains and those mountains are snow capped. I mean, phenomenal, beautiful views yeah. is often the norm on a normal day for us. And I'm not trying to like glorify it, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to let that go either because that's what makes the, the experience so amazing is that you can have a normal day, quote unquote, normal day. Um, but then to be able to step out of the RV and be in a situation where a lot of times you are camping, um, kind of it takes that normal day and just puts it on a pedestal in a way like so that that I was saying the other day like I 
I don't feel like I ever need to take vacation. Like normal, normal days, normal work life. You, you're kind of counting down. When's my next vacation? What am I going to do this weekend? Um, I haven't felt like that in six months. I've, cause I get to step out of the RV and go experience the outdoors. Uh, and it's, it's just this crazy normal life, but it is different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's hard to explain it without going crazy, stupid and glorifying it to the extent where that's not real. Um, but there is that real element to it. That's really in a way kind of surprising. Wow. Has it been hard to work on the road? Not at all. You know, it's crazy. Um, so my job, uh, my job is to find cell coverage and find voids where cell coverage uh, doesn't exist. And, and I work for a company who builds towers, you know, in areas that need cell coverage. So inherently I am always kind of, I got my thumb on the pulse of, of what, where service should be and where it isn't. So as far as the technological part of it and, and having a connection to work, that hasn't been difficult at all. I have a lot of redundancy in that. When it comes to working in this environment and working in around the family, um, <laughs> we might make it more complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's been a few, th- a few little issues. It's like, hey, I'm trying to focus on this, you know. But I can walk away. I can go to, you know, the the bedroom, or a lot of times I'll go outside. Um, Jen and the kids will, you know, go on trips and and leave the RV quiet to me, which is nice. But I've also learn to adapt to working with the surrounding noise. Sometimes I'll just throw headphones in with white noise or music and kind of go into my own little world. So you find ways around it, you know, that kind of stuff. Often I'm, you know, if we have cold or inclement weather, I'm just working at the dinette, which is a tiny little, you know, booth dinette in our RV. Um, and everybody's around here. There might be somebody sitting right across from me, but I've, I've adapted in that way. I've, I've adapted in the computer setup that I use I used to use a laptop that was connected to two large uh, 24-inch monitors, and so I had three screens going. Sometimes I had a fourth screen, and I always thought I needed that. I needed that to be productive, and I've been able to adapt, and I just – I brought one screen onto the RV, and I used it for maybe the first two weeks, and then I I tossed it into storage, and now I work, do everything I do that I've always done on a single laptop screen, and you just learn to be more efficient in how you do it. So it's been – it's been a neat learning experience and, uh, and how you can kind of minimize even that part of your life and still get the same amount of work done. How, how do you think, uh, how are the kids liking it? I think they like it. I think <laughs> you know, we get, we definitely get mixed reviews. We talk about yeah. it a lot. Um, they like it, but there's definitely elements where they would prefer being home. You know, it's where we've traded, we've all traded one thing for another. Mm -hmm. So you don't get all this good stuff without giving up something you really miss. You know, and for them, it's, um, it, it is hanging out with friends and the, the chance to be, um, just to kind of arrange a time where they can go hang out with their friends and meet them face to face and, you know, go on trips or park days and that kind of stuff with them. Um, their friends are all homeschooled too, but they saw them a lot. Um, often enough that it's made a difference for him. Our son plays Xbox online. Uh, in fact, that's kind of a, a battle just to kind of make sure he's not playing Xbox so much because we also don't want him to miss out on this experience. But what we do want him to do is keep the connection with his friends that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of get yeah. mixed reviews yeah. on, uh, 
I, th- yeah. I think they're like 50-50 split, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think one is enjoying it much more, and the other one's personality is kind of more laid back anyway, and it, maybe the preference isn't as obvious anyway. But I, I do think that at some point they might say, can we please go back? Yeah. So we're trying to be ready for if and when that happens. Yeah, and we kind of always, I think on a, you know, a, almost a weekly basis, we just kind of mm-hmm. sit back, we analyze that, and we think, you know, okay, we don't want to make anybody do this if they don't want to do it. At the same time, we want to take advantage of our opportunity. It's a unique opportunity to be able to do it. Um, so we kind of always have to discuss the pros and cons of doing it. Uh, there are cons, but there are the pros so much outweigh the cons at this point. Um, that, yeah, that's where we are. We're continuing because of that. It's one of those things that, yes, they're missing something at home, but they're getting so much here. And if we stop, they'll be missing what's here and getting what's at home. So is one better or worse? No one knows. We don't know. We won't know which, whether this was the right choice to do as a family for another decade. You yeah. know, how will mm-hmm. this pan out for them? What will it look like? Will it change who they become because they decide to travel or discover, oh, maybe being a ranger at a national park because I saw that is a good idea. I just... I just think there's no way for us to predict how it's going to pan out or what it's going to mean to them in the long run. And right. sometimes as parents, we have to make choices that they don't always agree with. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so popular right now, but I have to think, had I done this as a kid, that I would look very fondly back on the memories, you know? And when you're building memories with your family, the kids don't realize, they don't realize the magnitude of what's going on at that time, yeah. but they will later. Yeah, I was just, as Jen was talking, I was just counting. We have a map over on the kids' bunkhouse door of all the states we've gone through. And roughly counting, we're about 21 states uh, in the six months that we've covered. So they're kids, although we haven't spent a bunch of time in some of those states, like Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois. I mean, those were passed through on the way out to the East Coast and passed through on the way back. But our kids at this point in time have seen and experienced almost half our states in this country to just at least see what the lay of the land looks like and uh, and kind of know what to expect when they get done with school or whatever they choose to do um, to think, okay, I'm, I might take a, a job here. Well, a lot of people will wonder what that looks like, you know, in that state or that part of the country. And, at least these guys will have a, a fairly decent understanding of where it is they might be considering a job or going to school or anything like that. So that's a pretty neat um, experience, I think. Absolutely. I'd have to say uh, I my parents, when my, my mom and stepdad took us on a trip out west, we were, were in Florida and they, we went out west and, and I was 13, I think, and I was still into like, the things we did basketball and, and video games and all that, and still wanted to do those things on the trip. Um, but looking back, I didn't realize just how impactful it was to see all that, even though I wasn't really focused on it during the trip. Yeah. It was, it was looking back and said, wow, that had a huge, that's a huge reason why I wanted to come out here again and, and build a life out here. And it was this first initial really quick trip. And so, 
I didn't realize it at the time, but it had a huge impact on the course of my life. It's I'm sure it is hard as parents to say, no, you don't get just how, you don't get just how like awesome this is and how lucky you are to experience this. Cause a lot of, a lot of people never have this chance. Um, we all know because we know how challenging normal <laughs> life can be. You know right. what I mean? Well, we were talking about that a few minutes ago because my father sent an email and, you know, they're down in Florida and he said, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about your situation. He said, we were in our fifties. Well, he said, we're in our forties before we took our first cruise. You guys have already done that. My parents had a 50th anniversary cruise last year, uh, last year that we went on together. So that was our first cruise too, in mid forties. Um, but the kids had already gotten to experience that. And they said, you know, we were in our fifties before we got to see Sedona, Arizona, and you guys have already done that. And, yeah. you know, another example, you know, a place that they were in their fifties and able to travel finally. And it was the first time they had seen another area that we had been through. And, you know, my father said, you guys have been there, done that. He said, uh, and he's kind of writing the email to the kids and he said, I hope you guys realize, you know, the opportunity that you have here and you really cherish it moving forward. And I said, you know, it's, it's so cool to, you know, to read that email because what we did to get ready to go on this journey was, you know, a massive hurdle. We had so much preparation and taking, taking a good amount of risk to do it that, uh, you know, if, if that's what comes out of it, then we've succeeded. Wow. So getting ready for it. Yeah. I haven't, I I didn't, we didn't talk much about that. Getting ready for it. Did it ever get to the point where you're like, I just, let's just not do this. (laughs) It's too hard Uh, to get ready. Yeah. It's one of those things that the momentum is going, the ball's rolling way too fast. Yeah. You just better keep up. Yeah. Keep your feet (laughs) under you. You can't change your mind after certain things. You know, that part was exceedingly stressful. And I think I see it a lot on Instagram following other families that are making that transition or already on RVs of like, getting rid of all your stuff and selling it and taking it to donations and then repairing your house. Are you selling your house? Are you renting your house? Uh, How do you adapt to work? Some people have never homeschooled. What is this all going to look like? Um, That was really hard. I mean, we, once we had decided, we had firmly decided about mid-May and we left September 1st. So we had to buy a truck. We had to buy a rig. We had to research rigs. We had to kind of start from scratch. I mean, he knew a little bit more because he had been paying attention along the way of oh, I how do we piece this together. But we had the rig two weeks before we left. So it's out in on our street. We're throwing everything in there while we're also packing the house, doing any repairs you know, finishing a bathroom, trying to say goodbye to friends, which doesn't really work when we're so busy and trying to figure was, out how to rent a house. Yeah. We had never been landlords before. Never. You know? A lot of people have sold their home, you know, and for us, it was like, well, we can't sell our home. That's an investment to us and we, we need to come back to it. So that was a whole nother element of the preparation. And then thinning down what we had in the house and everything. Yeah, oh, it man, it was shocking to see in 1,500 square feet how much crap you can end up with, right? <laughs> like, it was depressing, and we're pretty mindful, but I was just surprised. But uh, I think one of the things, too, is that uh, it – oh, I just totally lost my chain of thought. When it happens. You're talking, it happens <laughs> uh, when we're preparing. 
Oh, man. I know what it is. The huh? shell shock when you finally leave. Ah. Like, we were driving out to Pennsylvania to visit my mom and my sisters and celebrate my niece's birthday. And I think we were just, what just happened, you know? Like, exhausted, mentally tired, adjusting to a new life, but also kind of letting go of what we had just done over eight weeks. It was, I think it it took us, me, um, a little bit mentally to wrap my head around, okay, now we're on this new yeah. chapter, focus on this. Yeah, we were in a little bit of a mental limbo yeah. there for probably the first month, first four weeks. It was like you said, it was, you hadn't quite let go of your, your life and your experiences and your your kind of your way of living back in a sticks and bricks home, but we hadn't fully adapted and adopted our life on the rig and already 2,300 miles across the country. Yeah, you know? it was bizarre <laughs> land, right? Like we were just. <laughs> I'm sure you have tried some freeze dried and dehydrated meals before, but I promise you, you've never had anything close to as good as Peak Refuel. Uh, They make freeze-dried meals, which is different than dehydrated. It takes way less water to cook. It cooks a lot faster, and they cook the meals before they put everything together. A lot of companies just throw all the ingredients in there, and when you cook it, it's the first time it's ever been cooked. With them, all the flavors have cooked together. It's super tasty, and you can get 20% off by going to peakrefuel.com and using the code at checkout, ASP20. Seriously, give them a shot for whatever adventures that you have planned this year. Just unprecedented. I mean, you don't how what do you what can you do to prepare for that? So so how long did it take you to kind of settle in after you got on the road? Or are you not settled in? <laughs> no, I think we're settled in now. Yeah. A, a solid Three four months, I would say. I don't. I don't think we were set settled in the entire three months that we went out to the East Coast and then no. came back to Colorado. Um, a lot of that is because it was rush, rush, rush. Um, of course, we're learning. You know, learning how to pull into RV parks and hook things up and what to do and what not to do and what places we like and don't like. There were some surprises, um, and then rushing to try and still see things and not not make that whole leg, you know, a big whirlwind of just driving hours through states. We wanted to still see things, but we also knew we needed to get back to Colorado. So that whole thing just went by in one big blur. And we spent two weeks in Colorado and the whole time leading up to Colorado, we said, we're going to re-engineer and rethink how we're doing this uh, because this is not the way to do it. And we finally said, okay, four day, four hour drive days, for the most part. I mean, we've had to break that a couple times, but not too often. Um, Four-hour drive days would be the max. So we move every Sunday, um, sometimes staying in a place for two weeks. And then uh, sometimes, like since we've been in the South, um, we've had days as short as, what, 45-minute drive day, um, you know, and somewhere two hours or something like that. So the reason I bring that up is because that mentality and that restructuring how we approached everything really let us uh slow down stop and smell the roses uh so to speak and that's when we started slipping into and getting used to this life and how it all works and how we want to make it work yeah i think too in that first on that first leg we were still learning 
how to do it, but also how to travel. What, what did we want out of it? Mm. We were just kind of like, Google anything. What can we do in this next town we're in? Let's try to see as much as we can. Uh, I don't think that was, it, it's not maintainable for me. I need to, you know, slow down and pick a few things that mean a lot and not try to do everything because you're just going to burn out at some point. Um, and so I think there was that trend, like, how do we want to see these places kind of came over those few months, I feel like. Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, we were also in, in all of that chaos, we were dumb enough to decide to try and figure out how to be producers of a YouTube oh. channel. So, <laughs> you know, it's some oh, of yeah. the background from this show uh, to take over. So it helped, but yeah, it was like, okay, we also have to film all this stuff and somehow, roll it into something that's semi-entertaining that people will want to watch. So during that whole thing, yeah, it was all about, you know, adding that whole element of difficulty into it, which made it very interesting for sure. And I think sometimes people go out, especially on this lifestyle, and I think we fell into it too. You want to see everything. You're on vacation. You might only be here once. You're on vacation. But some of these places cost a lot of money. You know, when it comes down to it, do I really want to spend $250 to go see an aquarium at every town yeah. we're in? So a lot of it has become more picking and choosing of where the funds go, because I think a lot of people just get wrapped up in, like, I got I to gotta see and do it all. And you don't realize you're not on vacation forever. I mean, you're this is a lifestyle, so you have to be able to stick right. within your budget. Yeah, that's a tough balance. It's a good point. Yeah, that, living. That is a good point. How how has finances been? Because yeah, you you do have to. I, I've I've traveled like that on a bike, and I had to just have to. You have to say no to things that might be yeah. staples of the area too. Like right. well, you, yeah, I'm sure people are constantly like, oh, you got to go try this restaurant while yeah. you're in. Somewhere. Like I can't take my whole family to this uppity <laughs> place. hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Much- much to our son's disappointment, yes, we're not real big. We're not foodies ourselves, so we're not big on you know getting out to restaurants. I mean, we enjoy it, but it's not been a big part of our life. Um, so that doesn't bother us too much. But yeah, I mean, seeing certain attractions and things you know, must sees in town, there are things we have to skip. I mean, um, was the Harley tour in New York? We we're like, Harley oh, that's too tour. much. It's too expensive. Yeah. You know, or it was what a good hour away. Not New York. It was in Milwaukee. Um, oh yeah, Wisconsin. It was an hour away, and it was going to cost us how much for four? Like 125, 150. Yeah, I feel like something. it was like 125 you know, like, or so. Well, that would be neat, but not 150 dollars neat, you know, because we still wanted to see other things. And yeah, that it's that balance of you feel like you're on vacation, so you want to do the things that people do on, on vacation. vacation. <laughs> yeah, is and that that boils down to as simple as I'm not. I like beer, okay? I enjoy going out and have a pint, but in my average, it would be like two pints a week. Um, but I always have beer in my refrigerator, and when I step out of an RV door into an environment like we're sitting in today, it's actually kind of hard to fight the urge to grab a beer because you're camping. How do you not have a beer when you're right, camping? Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, how do you not have a campfire? Dude, do you know, and this is my biggest complaint about what we're doing right now. Do you, you know how much you spend on a bundle of wood, right? You get onto the, the grocery store and buy a bundle of wood for what, like six bucks yeah. out here more like seven or $8. And Last time I saw nine ninety nine. Yeah. So we're having, <laughs> if we have a campfire, it's a, a, 
14 to $20 campfire with just two bundles of wood. So you want to do that all the time. Like I want to have five campfires a week, but you can't. <laughs> I'm not. I'll be frying some free wood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we haven't been in those kinds of areas. But yeah, there's just little things like that that are kind of surprising. It's like, well, you can't, I can't grab a beer every night. That's just not me. And I'll be all big old fat and not be able to pedal my mountain bike if I do. Uh, but I have to resist the urge because you're kind of in that environment. Like, how do I not stare at this sunset and enjoy a beer in my camp chair? You know, I just have to do it without wow. the beer. <laughs> that is interesting. You know, that, that, it, it's fighting that urge to, I mean, it, it, you're, it's so out of the norm for most people's mindsets. You got to fight the ability to want to spend money on every little thing for being on vacation. So, so what, what was what was the first moment for each of you where I know it was stressful at first because I got some reports from Kurt because I know you talked to him a lot and, <laughs> oh, man. and he's like oh man the truck's having issues or you know it's just a hard adjustment what was the first moment where you were both like wow this is this was worth it this is awesome this is amazing I think um, I think I had that moment. And then it was pretty quickly erased. So for me, <laughs> for me, I think it, it was, wasn't by me. <laughs> no, I think it was when we got to Acadia National Park up in Maine. Um, things kind of clicked at that point because we had we had sped across the country. We plopped down in the Poconos in Pennsylvania for two weeks, which was good. We needed we kind of need that was our first adjustment period after the whole house deal and racing across the country with this RV, you know, that I've never towed. So that gave us a chance, but we we're still visiting relatives at the time. So it kind of, that part of the trip felt like we were just on a trip visiting relatives, like you do, like on vacation. And then after that, we left and went up, um, up into Maine and visited my brother and sister-in-law. So we were still visiting relatives again. And when we finally got to Acadia, it was like, that was the first part of our journey where we had actually broken loose and managed to do what we were going to be doing with our family. And it, it didn't involve visiting relatives. Now, when it broke was when we realized we were, we had major problems Hard. with the truck. Um, and it, things really started to look pretty sad. <laughs> um, oh man, that stinks. That's, yeah. The whole truck thing really had us thinking uh, especially when we found out what the bill was truly going to be to fix it right. Uh, it really had us wondering if we had just made a huge error and uh, just shot ourselves in the foot. So that was my you know, moment of realization and then my like, oh, crap, what did we do moment. So I don't know when yours was. I would say mine is a much more was a much more slow process. Uh, I think I was still like, what are we doing by the time we got to Acadia? I mean, it's it's every little piece along the way of learning how to find what you need in new towns, learning how to shop in a new grocery store every single time I go into a grocery store, uh, learning how to have the dogs deal with other dogs, uh, learning how to plan out where we're going. Uh, each piece became a, oh, yeah, okay, I got that, I got that. So for me, it's been this like sort of slow transition over the six months. And I would say, yes, we have had tons of fun and tons of great experiences over these six months. Um, 
I would say for me personally, it's probably January and February of just now where I'm like, man, I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm so glad that each week, you know, I might come into a new town and be like, uh, I got to learn this all over again and figure it out. But I know but that by the end of the week, I don't want to go necessarily. I still want to see what the town has left to offer or the national park we're near. So I think it's just been more of a onion layers for me than a like one moment. Oh, I'm this is it. I'm so glad we chose this uh, because I think the amount of stuff you can learn about yourself is more than a one moment experience. And that has just been a really long process for myself personally. It it definitely comes and goes in waves, though. Like we uh, we had a great time down on the Gulf Coast. You know, we kind of we left Colorado one day late and it snowed on us and we were pulling out in the snow. We were kind of going down through southern Colorado, northern Texas, and it was chilly. We finally got down to the Gulf Coast and we hit the beach and it was warm and shorts and T-shirt weather again. It was like, ah, oh, we got here. OK. And then we headed once we headed out of Texas and over through New Mexico and into Arizona, we dealt with more cold temperatures, but we also dealt with government shutdown, which was keeping us, locking us out of the national parks mm -hmm. that we had decided to go to. I mean, we made a conscious effort literally the last mm -hmm. day we could before we yeah, left, <laughs> whether to, to turn east and go to Florida or turn west and come out this direction. And we decided to come out west. Um, and right after we did that, as we we're heading in this direction, the government shutdown happened. So we're like, oh man, like all of these destinations where we just plan on going to are shut down. But, and then we, after that, we went into, I mean, we have stories of SWAT teams Still, showing up in the middle of the real. night at one of our campgrounds. And, um, what you happened? Know, well, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. No um, names. <laughs> I'll try not to mention any names. No, no names. It was, none of the names are ours. I'll just say that much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, SWAT teams showing up in the middle of the night, flooded, uh, parks, RV campgrounds mm -hmm. to where we couldn't have gotten out, you know, for a while. Um, what else? I mean, just cold weather, freezing pipes. We went through this. Oh, and not being able to book anything on the West, on the coast oh, yeah, line, we get on the coast. down by mm -hmm. like Santa Barbara. So we kind of went through the, these doldrums just recently. Um, like, man, is this going to be a pain like this? But then we spring back. You know, and it comes, it all comes back like Death Valley. It all oh, bounced back. Death Valley like, was amazing. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, okay, yeah. this redeemed itself. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, the SWAT team. <laughs> so we were in Palm, we were Palm actually Springs. desert hops, hot springs north of Palm Springs. And, uh, and we had, we were just At trying to finish the movie. 920, we were watching The Flash. The Flash, we were trying to finish The Flash. Everything seared in my brain. <laughs> yeah. We're just uh, trying to watch the rest of the flash one night, and all of a sudden we hear sirens, and uh, and the whoop whoop whoop, and then they're announcing over the loudspeaker right behind our RV, uh, and this is a KOA. This is not. It was a decent park. It wasn't like you know we're 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 in the trailers, um, so we look out the window and there's flashing lights and they're announcing over the bullhorn that the occupant of the RV behind us needs to come out with his hands up. They, you know, they're surrounded and they're not going anywhere. So to make a long story short, we listened five to hours. this for five hours and that started at nine thirty at night. 
So it wasn't until what, three o'clock, three o'clock in, the morning, in the morning we finally got to go to sleep. <laughs> Did this guy not come out or something? No, he didn't come out. And I'm telling you, like four and a half hours. And I'm telling you, it got like scary. We're not, you know, they evacuated the people behind us. I'm not trying to over dramatize it, but at the same time, uh, these things we live in are like plywood, right? Like foam, (laughs) foam and thin plywood and aluminum framing. They're like, (laughs) we're the county sheriffs. They had their SWAT teams were out. There were armored trucks out there. We're like, oh my God, I'm shuttling the children into the back of the RV holding my daughter like please just i don't know what he did or what's going on but please don't come out like open firing like it's going to litter all of these rvs right and so there was a real kind of terror and a really serene calm like okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay um but laying there hunkered down in our bedroom for five hours with four people two dogs holding our children like Obviously, our son thought it was pretty cool, but uh, and as did Trav um, until later. <laughs> used to it because honestly, like yeah, the first hour into it, it, we almost felt like we were just watching it on TV or experiencing it. On the <laughs> right, right. You listen to it outside windows, and uh, at one point, I was back in the bunkhouse looking because we had like front row seats to the whole thing. If we wanted them, um, I was watching out the window, and I had come to the conclusion that the guy inside the motorhome had pretty much taken care of the situation on his own inside the motorhome like they were just gonna have to go in and pull him out because he was not that's what everybody thought because it was hours and i'm looking out the window and all of a sudden the blinds to the motorhome fly open and there's the guy they're looking for lit up in lights in the windshield i'm like oh man and then he a little bit of argument and uh stuff and he closes the blinds again and that's when i hightailed it back to the front room because like this guy's kind of come out blasting because you could tell he just wasn't he wasn't interested in playing the way the SWAT team wanted him to play. So that it got real interesting at that point. But they finally tear gassed him out and uh, and got things shut down by about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I yelled some bad words. The kids are like, I mean, the noises. What was that called? Oh, they flash had flashbangs. Yeah, they lit that thing so off. Loud. To go. Like everybody was just so loud. They tear gassed him. The SWAT anyway, team was coming around. Crazy. Like, Close your vents. <laughs> We're going to tear gas this guy out of here. I mean, it was like a full on cops yeah. episode. <laughs> That's what that's what happens when you don't pay your lot rent, right? I guess <laughs> probably not. We don't want to like bring it on the KOA. They were great. <laughs> it was apparently a domestic violence uh, dispute between he and his his lady friend. So it wasn't. Luckily, it wasn't like anything that anybody else was in harm over. Um, and he was a vet, and you know, it's just they were t- they were handling it very very cautiously. And I'm glad they did because he finally came out peacefully, and I'm sure they're getting that ironed out. But it made for a very interesting night. That's just something you just don't foresee happening when you're planning I, to live this lifestyle. Oh, no. I may have second guessed it for like the second time the day after that. <laughs> you can talk to 100,000 people that live on an RV and maybe one will have some sort of story that rivals that. So, I mean, this is not like, oh, you're going to move in an RV and you're going to deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the SWAT team is just everywhere. <laughs> time for a quick message break. So, you know this show is brought to you by Camp Crate. They specialize in self-guided, pre-planned, all-inclusive backpacking adventures, as well as trip advice, and as well as camping gear rental. So if you're in need of any of that stuff, reach out to them at campcrate.net. 
very helpful, and very knowledgeable. It's a great way to try backpacking for the first time or to scroll through their list of itineraries if you need some ideas on where to go. They will literally send you all your gear, your food, permits, coffee even, in a box to your front door. Use it for your trip. When you're done, return it with the pre-printed included return label. It's that easy. It makes backpacking and getting into the backcountry very approachable, very simple. Give them a shot. Now back to the episode. It obviously seems a lot harder than normal life in a lot of ways, but it also seems a lot more, you just don't know what's going to happen by the end of the day. And that kind of makes it exciting and uh, good, big and small moments like, wow, this was an awesome day at work because I looked out over um, the red sandstone mountains or, you know, got to see the place I never thought I would or an experience with my kids I never thought I'd have. And I don't know, that's got to be appealing to, you kind of settle into that at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, you do. And, you know, that stuff has happened. We've had we have some fun and interesting stories like that. But the reality is I was just talking about this yesterday. It it really occurred to me. I used to have a hard time sleeping, like getting to sleep. I mean, it would take me if it didn't take me 45 minutes to fall asleep. I was having a good night. You know, it was usually 45 minutes, sometimes two hours just to fall asleep. Dang. And ever since i mean literally since the day we left on this rv six months ago i have not had a single night where i wasn't asleep within 10 minutes of wanting to fall asleep why do you think that is i i think things have just simplified so much and i think we just we made it sound you know bonkers exciting and stressful with our little story there but the reality is life has simplified so much that right now there just aren't those things that used to occupy my brain when I laid down to go to sleep like they did. And it's, it's an amazing transformation. It'll be interesting to see when we do move back into a house, if they come back. But yeah, I mean, years I spent having a hard time getting to sleep, mm-hmm. toss and turn. And I've not done it one single night that I can recall in this RV. So it's just, you know, you, you live on a, th- a small thing like this. You have these are our possessions that we need to worry about right here. I mean, the rest of them are stored, you know, in the storage at home, but this is all we have to worry about is this situation. And it's just, it's simplified things so much that I think it just takes a lot of that worry, concern and stress out of the way. Just like right now, it's just one step at a time. That's all we need to worry about. Yeah. It's really, I kind of learned recently to focus on the next 24 hours. Uh, we have no idea what's coming down the pike as much as we can think we know what's coming. Weather can change. Our plans can change. We're trying to constantly figure out, well, how long are we going to do this? When are we going to go home? I don't know. Uh, the reality of living like this is less about next week and more about, okay, what do I need to do today? What gets me through today? What experiences might we have today? And you do have to be sort of ready for whatever might show up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of calm, normal, lovely days where we just kind of putz around and yeah. just more outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was Death Valley for us. I mean, oh, we all it. commented that, you know, when we were in Death Valley, we just left it. Um, it was just one of these days where we didn't, there was no agenda. We didn't have to go out of our way to go find something, see something. We were based right in the park so we could go out in the morning and have a hike and check out a few sites, come back, have some lunch, check on the dogs, actually get the dogs. We took the dogs with us the second time, go out and see some more sites. And it was just this day of milling around and relaxing and 
it was just so nice. And it was like, those are the moments or those are the days that you do it all for, you know, man, I, I'd say we, we love road trips and death Valley is one of our favorite places. It, I, I think it's really underrated, um, it but I kind of want to remain that way because it's, <laughs> nice, it's an escape, you know, they're so big and vast and there's hardly ever anyone there. There's always room. It seems like, um, for one more, and man, I tell you what, I, I get that feeling. Our road trips are about the only time where it's like we're focused on finding a place for a night's sleep. I'm yep. not worried about 10 years down the road, which right now I'll follow. If I, at night I'm worried about things that are out of my control that are just so big and so far away that it does no good worrying, but you can't help it. I don't know why it, it, it's life seems to do that, but I would say closest thing I've experienced to what you're doing right now is, is those road trips. And that's, that's where it all kind of focuses in. And you just have so many good experiences throughout the day and, and tough ones too. But man, that is, that is fantastic. Do, do, do you see yourselves, uh, could you see yourself doing this longer than what you planned on? Oh yeah. But that comes with it. <laughs> well, I want to hear from both of you. <laughs> yeah. We're still, we joke that every time we're driving, down the highway we're still like huh that looks like a good setup for when the kids move out (laughs) looks like we would be able to handle it with like a dog just fine and like what might work for us when the kids are gone Uh, I think we love it I mean overall minus some of the more exciting bits uh, we do love it. We kind of joke that we have ADD, but I might swear to it like that. I, I probably do. Cause they didn't diagnose people with that when I was a kid right, right. and I but get, they should have. <laughs> but maybe they should have, uh, I get bored really easily as does Trav. So in many ways, I find this journey very exciting. Um, and it's, never boring i mean i think maybe one day in the last six months i might have been bored and like well why is it boring here too um well, what do you think of you're bored all of a sudden the flash flood comes what happens or no starbucks for me that day oh my uh but you know the whole process is just it it's enjoyable it's fascinating uh, i love learning about myself and like you're saying both of you are saying the Transition to being more present in our life is almost like a requirement. And it's been a hard adjustment for me because my brain likes to control things, like you said, but you just, you can't. And so there's something to be said about what we're learning that we like and enjoy as people outside of what the busy life Mm -hmm. is at home that kind of keeps you from finding out more about yourself in some ways because you're so busy being for other people or showing up for other events and doing your job. And, uh, I don't know. I see that even if we end up back home because the kids are like, we're done. We want to, you know, our son is in ninth grade now. So at some point he'll probably want to be home. Uh, there are way, not very many teens that travel full time. So we've really struggled with finding them people to hang out with and you know teens are more reserved a six-year-old will run out and play with any other six-year-old out in the rv park but a teenager is not going to run out and introduce themselves to the uh, (laughs) rv pack that's running around you know they're just more standoffish and it takes a while so uh 
I do think we'll end up back because of that. And I think, you know, I like my friends. I miss my friends. Yeah, we miss I our believe. friends. That's I, the downside. Yeah, I miss my women's group that got together for over a decade every month. Uh, book clubs and our homeschool parents that we shared some kind of relationships with. So, but I do see that this will be probably part of our lives until until we're done yeah. later, like in our 80s. <laughs> if this we want to try to do it in our empty nester years. I think we made the joke the other day that the the day we realize we've stopped uh, pondering other smaller rig setups that we can do in empty nester years is the day we have our sign that we're tired of it, you know, because we're like she said, we're constantly looking at other like, OK, what if we towed a small trailer or had a camper <laughs> inside the truck or we did the van thing, you know, like that. So we're always looking ahead at how we can, um, you know, twist this or, you know, pivot this to a two person, one dog type scenario. And so it very much interests us to uh, to do it after this part of this journey. And it'll be a totally different journey at that point. We'll move differently. We'll have different uh, interests than we do traveling with a couple of teenagers. And we might slow down and stop places a little bit longer and take more hikes, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we definitely uh, I, I would like to do it much longer down the road, looking off into the future. And then, uh, too, you know, my little asterisk is if I've learned one thing, don't make plans. Who knows? Who knows what the world's going to be like in a decade for us, in five oh, yeah. years for us, in two years for us, in 20 years for, for us. So um, just one day at a time. The story's unfolding. And instead of trying to control every chapter, I'm sort of standing back and letting it tell yeah, itself. And take the time to soak it in. That's the hard part. Don't let it fly by. You know, just every one day at a time. But make sure each one of those days you actually soaked in a little bit of it so you can remember it. Because... It'll be over in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. Yeah, relatively speaking, it could be for sure. And, and Jenny, you're talking about you've learned a lot about yourself. Has that been a surprise of something you didn't expect to happen? You've mentioned that quite a few times. Well, I <laughs> I think what, and I'll be open here, I've had anxiety my whole life. Uh, I think I only really realized that's what it was in my early 20s. And so, so this lifestyle I, seems like worst case scenario for that. Well, see, I had traveled in bits and pieces. I'd been to Sedona. I'd been to Australia, did it, you know, skydived in New Zealand, swear, did that. Who knows how someone with anxiety can make that happen. Uh, I think what this has taught me is I'm capable of so much more than I thought I was. Oh, I and it's one thing, you know, ASP talks about all the time. What are you capable of? You don't think you are. I mean, even we were listening to Jeremiah Foose's episode yesterday on the way here. He doesn't know if he's capable of the Appalachian Trail. I don't know if I'm capable of living on an RV, uh, but I want to try. So, and I'd like to do the Appalachian Trail one day too. You mean who? Yeah, it's not somebody's. You just never know, right? So uh, I think it's finding the confidence each time we get through one thing. Now, that doesn't mean when the thing is going on, I'm not freaking out. Because <laughs> <Hey, laughs> <she is. laughs> I am. Uh, but I've settled into this sort of sense of knowing that mostly things are going to be okay. And that is a gift, I think, for anyone, whether you live with... Yep. 
depression or anxiety or whatever experiences you have, um, you can push yourself to try things and it might, it just might work out. What is, I mean, it's, what, what, what would you tell somebody who, who a family like yours, who, who might be wanting to try this, but have a lot of anxiety or, or feel like it's not doable? What's some of the biggest key pieces of advice that you've learned in the last six months of trying to get out there and try it? You know, one, everybody always says, you know what, just do it. It, it, it is so true. Um, you don't, so many people can waste so much time uh, trying to prepare, to prepare the right way, to get everything perfectly in line for the trip of a lifetime, the thing they're going to do, um, whether they're saving up you know, just the right, enough, uh, right amount of money or they're just compiling the right gear, the right rig or the right setup or uh, the perfect moment. And that that's never going to happen. If you keep striving for that, it's just never going to happen. Um, we, we heeded that from research and listening to others. And we said, okay, we're going to buy a small rig. Um, the smallest thing we think we can fit on and not kill each other. Um, didn't have the budget for a $60,000 diesel pickup. So we took our chances on the truck that we have, and we've had to put money into it, but it's been okay. Um, we So we started simple is what I'm saying, and we didn't sit there and try to wait until we had everything dialed in so we could afford the big toy hauler and the perfect truck. Uh, we knew that if we were going to catch this wave, we needed to go ahead and do it with what we had and within the, the means that we had available to us. So don't paint this big picture of this grandiose journey. Just start out with what you can get your hands on and start out now. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little risky. It's going to be a little risky for anybody. Uh, unless you're a millionaire and you could care less you know, what happens to your vehicles or, or this or that, there's going to be some risk involved. But that's part of it. It's part of the journey. And I think, uh, you know, like Jim was saying, those are the things that hopefully make you grow in the long term, you know, we've had unexpected things that we've had to hurdles we've had to clear, and we have. And what that taught us is that, well, there's some pretty huge surprises in this journey, and we got across those hurdles, and you know what, we're just fine on the other side of them. So it's just don't overthink it. Just go ahead and do it, and uh, obviously do research to uh, get yourself a, a good starting point, but don't over research either because you can just get lost in the you know, in the ether of YouTube and blogs and, you know, oh, all Instagram. those things that people yeah. might follow. I mean, yeah. definitely follow YouTube, <laughs> you know, a good channel to follow is ours, oh, you, you know, guys. but don't get lost on all the other ones <laughs> and overanalyze everything, you know, so just keep it simple and don't overthink it. Yeah. I would, I would add to that, that the longer you wait, the easier it will be to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. That's just wow. the way we are as humans. <laughs> or your friends or family. Or your friends might poo-poo your doing. idea. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. say, why would you do that? Or, and you're just going to start second guessing everything that you thought was pretty solid in yeah. your own spirit. We yeah. had, I, you know, I, I do hear that a lot. People will say, well, you know, I have people that try to talk me out of it or said I was crazy to do it. I think we've had, 100% complete support from family and friends when we decided oh, that's to That's really cool. Yeah, I can't think of a single person that was like, "What are you crazy?" You know, everybody was supportive. No, yeah. 
Which I mean, cool. some people think we're crazy because they would never imagine living with their families on this really tiny space. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <is> fair. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, hopefully that's, you know, doing that is something we'll grow from and take something, you know, in a positive away from this, you know, and not let it drive a wedge between us. And I think, I think even in my own personality, um, I'm the, uh, do you know the 70s show, that 70s show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of sometimes think I'm the dad. You're red. That, that I'm red, <laughs> you know, and yeah. in my... Well, the sort I, of grumpy, stern guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what goes through teenagers' minds and, you know, how could I possibly live in 300 square feet with them? But I think, and my teenagers might disagree, but I think I've turned a bit of a corner and I've uh, been maybe beaten into submission, you know, on, you know, having teenagers so <laughs> in such close proximity. But I think this this whole journey is kind of helping me relax with things like that and maybe let things go a little bit. It's a slow process. Now don't get me wrong. I've not done a full change in six months, but I think it's helped a ton. And that's something I want to take out away from this journey with me um, to just be more understanding to situations that might not be the most logical situations in my mind. You know, that's kind of a big deal for me and my personality. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big deal. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just thinking as we're talking about this that I read a book once where uh, the author was comparing life to walking on a thin sheet of ice. And we never know how thin that ice is. And life is like that. And if people, which again, we all do, can talk themselves out of trying something that's challenging to their comfort, their personality, their fears, uh, any of that, take it, you know, like, I mean, even just the sort of news that Luke Perry died today yeah, may not, that's right, you're, yeah. I think you're a little younger than us, but he was a huge kind of person when I was yeah. in high school, early college, right? We all watched 90210. He's 52. My sisters are older than that right now. I'll be 46 tomorrow. That's just not, you just never know that sheet of ice that we're all just balancing on, you know, uh, you might as well try to live the life that is exciting and keeps you at least joyful and mindful, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate you guys reflecting on that because I don't know, I, I, I know it just feels so daunting when you have this life, I mean, even for us, I have a past of doing stuff like this and it's just, I can feel the pressure of normal life just as days go by, it just weighs on you. And this feels farther and farther away. And, and due to social media, a lot of times it, you, you've in marketing, you, you feel like you need more and more stuff yes. figured out before you try it. But like, I, I got to the point a few summers ago where I felt like I needed a sprinter van to go camping just because <laughs> it was like, it was like subconscious almost. I was like, Oh, I can't yeah. do that. I don't have a $60,000 sprinter van. And then I just saw an article of this guy of like a, He's like, I go camping in the mountains with my little Corolla every weekend and you just do it. I was like, I have a truck. Like, I don't need a, <laughs> like, it, you just weird the psychological effect, you know? Yes, absolutely. So it's great to hear from you firsthand that like, no, you don't need that. Just do what you can with what you have and, and get most everything ready as best you can and then go for it and know that tons of stuff's going to fall apart and 
plans are going to change constantly and floods and SWAT teams and, and, and government shutdowns. You just don't foresee any yeah. of this happening, but guess what? You guys are out there and guess who isn't everyone else that feels like they need all this stuff first, you know, yep. you're out there that's doing absolutely, it. Yeah, that's true. And I honestly, I think other people would do lots of other interesting things if we all just weren't so afraid, if we weren't just afraid to take that risk. And I think, it's not that other people don't want to, it's just that getting over that hump of trying something different. I mean, I can say scrolling through Instagram constantly of like, wow, we're RVing wrong because we had a SWAT team last night and all our outfits don't match and our whole RV is not going to fight. So we're doing this whole RV life wrong because everybody else looks happy and ours is still covered in 80s garb because we didn't want to spend money on redoing our RV. <laughs> So, 80s it's not in the 80 it's like well no it's a 2014 they RV, never changed how they did rv the it's whole a 2014. inside is like oak paneling right so, <laughs> right right it's still so, ugly <laughs> somehow we're doing it wrong because it doesn't look like theirs but no we're doing it how we can and yeah. i think just taking a leap of faith once in a while is terrifying i mean if we just sat here and said we weren't terrified when we decided this we would be lying. We were terrified. Like, is this right? When you get that huge financial hit, it was $10,000. <laughs> what? Can't even breathe. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's panic-inducing like, to me. Yeah. You know? so, oh, it, it induced panic. <laughs> I mean, I was in tears, right? So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, would, I would be, too. It, it doesn't make it not worth trying. So... It's tough. I a lot of people sit on a lot of dreams for a really long time, and we sat on this one for 17 years. And is it perfect? No. Are we glad we're trying it? Heck yeah! yeah. And it's darn good. Yeah. You know? Well, you guys yeah. are doing it. Like that's that's the difference. I, I tell people all the time, like if you got to spend an extra two thousand dollars for the highest end gear that someone says you need, but that keeps you from doing the experience. I'd say buy the Walmart gear and carry yep. the extra weight if you're act- if that's the difference of doing it or not, because that extra ten pounds over the course of the whole AT is not gonna. That's just gonna wash away in the end. That's gonna be. They just don't know what they're missing until you get out there. Well, yeah. I think you got something funny to talk about to the yeah. other guys that have spent yeah. all the money on the gear. You're like, yeah, got my got my pack from Walmart. Yeah, it's got duct tape and zip ties wrapped <laughs> around it. You know, it's all fixed up. But hey, I learned how to fix a Walmart pack on the trail while I was out here. What'd you do? Exactly. <laughs> you had it easy because you got all the gear. And, <laughs> that's right. You know, that's, I don't know. That I, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about a SWAT team and matching outfits in the same sentence. <laughs> and I don't think you would have ever had that to talk about before you did this. So. That's right. You that know? would be my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't it you who said all these things are happening so that you have art later yes <laughs> yeah that's i just heard yes. that the other day i mean i I, heard, I guess it's like a popular saying i'd never heard it but it's great pain great art comes from great pain great. yeah and i was like yeah all the best yeah. things that we look at usually came from an artist who was pretty miserable at the time and, and yeah actually mason i've i've talked I've talked people through those situations where you're just in a, you're just in a real pickle and things are miserable at the time. You know, you're on some adventure and you're sitting there and that's the moment where everything cracks or it could crack if you let it. And you're just thinking, why am I up here? Why did I get myself into this? I could be on my couch at home 
But those are the moments that you have to stop, pause, and look at and say, this sucks right now, but it's going to be a great story over a beer next weekend. Because <laughs> oh, right? yeah. we are through this. It is going to hurt. I'm going to be sore or whatever the problem is going to be, the ailment's going to be. It's going to make for a great story and it's going to make for a good chuckle. And if you can focus on that part of it, in any that goes for any part of life, then that's how you get through that kind of stuff. And in some ways, I almost kind of welcome the situations. I don't want ten thousand. You stop repairs. But I'm stop talking. <laughs> Look, man, you do you adventure and you do journeys for the adventure of it, and then you complain about adventure when it shows up on your doorstep. You know, embrace it. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> No, that's what you do. No, no, I, we had our $10,000 truck repair. I don't want anymore. So <laughs> I don't want right. any more. And then we were actually recording a video a couple weeks back where Trav said, and then there was that tornado. And I looked at him and for a second, he was talking about an airplane, but for an actual second, I thought, wait, did we survive a tornado we had too? That too? <laughs> it was no actual it surprised me if we did, but wow, how did I forget? <laughs> if you guys do this lifestyle long enough, it'll get to that point where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that SWAT team for five hours. I forgot all about that. I've seen what trailers behind vehicles do in tornadoes. I don't want to be a part of that adventure. <laughs> I won't welcome that. No, no, no. Goodness gracious, y'all. Thank you so much for, for doing this. This was fantastic. I, I think the listeners would really really going to appreciate that not only, you know, Travis, did you guys start the show and, and talk to all these incredible people, but you let it get to the point where it changed you enough to, yep. to go out and do it too. It did. It really did. You know, talking to so many people doing the things and just, you know, Kurt and I had many conversations like, why, uh, why are we talking to people, you know, and stressing about recording, but talking to people that are doing this and, uh, not out doing it ourselves. And, it wasn't as simple as that. You know, we had other reasons um, to move on, but yeah, it, the show had a big part in uh, me really kind of pushing to uh, to fulfill this dream, and I'm so glad we did. And I have to say, man, listening to the show, you have done a, a bang up job uh, taking it over. I think you've done wonders with the show. You've taken it to the next level. I think uh, I think you're you're on to big things, and I'm so grateful that you were able to take the show over and and keep that legacy alive because ASP has always been a great show. I always, it was always our baby and I'm so happy that, that somebody can uh, take it and take it to the next level. So good on you for doing that. Oh, well, thanks for the opportunity. I, I, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think it came at the right time and, uh, I'm just very thankful to be able to carry it on what you guys built. It's, it's an honor, honestly. Yeah, you, you, you've done us proud, so we're appreciative of that for sure. So now we'll just we'll go on with our we're learning videography and how to speak to an actual video camera. It's uh, it's been a little goopy for sometimes, but we're nut jobs anyway. So he's way better at it our, than me. Our, stupi- <laughs> our stupid acts, you know, hopefully come through as uh, as funny acts to those laughing at us. <laughs> we hope they're That's doing how more we really are, laughing though. We're with kind us of than laughing at silly. us. <laughs> But wow. yeah, the YouTube thing has been a lot of fun. So it's been a neat transition. I enjoy yeah. doing that. And I mean, it's a new fun. skill. You know, you weren't you weren't a podcast es- expert before starting ASP. So that's a skill you just learned out of the blue. This is this is as well. 
That's right. It's just like any of these journeys. You just got to tackle it. You got to dive in and uh, you know what? It's not going to be perfect. And, uh, but you're going to learn as you go. And if you continue to work at it and have interest in it, you're going to develop it and hopefully turn something else uh, out that people are interested in. So that's our goal here with this one as well. Wow. Well, man, well, congratulations. I know we, the show and all the listeners, very proud of you guys and wish you the best of luck to keep up the good work and be an example. Yep. Well, we'll, uh, we'll continue to do so. (laughs) Try to provide uh, funny entertainment and magical views for, for people to, uh, we hope to entice people to come try to do the same thing. And if it's not RV life, then go do your own thing. But if I can entice people to, yeah. uh, yeah, to get past their fears and over the hurdles and, go try something new, then, you know, that was always the point of the podcast. And exactly. that's still the point of the YouTube channel. Exactly. So. Get out there, try something new, have some fun. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like this show. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, your kids are probably trying their hardest to be quiet, huh? So <laughs> yeah, they've been good. They've been good. We've, <laughs> talked, we've talked really long. So I Dogs still have to go for walking. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're same not- here. Well, that's why I kept muting my mic because he's right outside the door trying to get in here and say, hey, I got to go. So, Well, thank you guys and uh, have a great time. I look forward to the next update. All right. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. See you. Thanks. Bye. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Uh, Secondly, if you would like to get in touch, you can leave us a voicemail at 812 mail pod you can also send us an email info at adventuresportspodcast.com get a hold of us on facebook instagram contact us on the website like there's just a thousand ways to do it if you know somebody that would make a good guest for the show whether they're whether it's you or somebody you know with a really cool story or background or does an interesting sport get in touch we'd love to have them on also if you'd like to be a patron aka a supporter of the show patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast you can sign up for as little as a buck a month you can sign up for five bucks a month and lastly thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now if you want to save 20 percent off the best backpacking food on planet earth go to peakrefuel.com and at checkout use the code asp20 So after all of this outdoor talk, if you're looking to plan your own getaway, head to BackpackTribe.com and get ready for your next adventure. They have customized gear bundles and free shipping, and they'll be able to get you ready for any adventure that you want to tackle. Check them out, BackpackTribe.com.